0: You're listening to That Music Podcast with me, Bryson Tarbett. I'm the music educator and blogger behind That Music Teacher and ThatMusicTeacher.com. Join me as I dive into what it really means to be a music educator. I hope that you're able to find a nugget of inspiration each week as I share my favorite ways to create purposeful instruction through active music making. Along the way, you'll hear from some of my amazing colleagues as they share practical advice that you can apply to your own classrooms. So grab a coffee, sit down, and let's get started. This episode is brought to you by my free guide for general music teachers. The Elementary Music Newbie Guide is perfect for those new to teaching music and those who are looking for a bit of a refresh. This free PDF will guide you through setting goals, determining classroom expectations, making connections, and thinking through classroom procedures. To grab your free copy, head on over to thatmusicteacher.com newbie. That's thatmusicteacher.com slash N-E-W-B-I-E. Today we're going to talk about something that I didn't really think much about until I started my Kodai training. And that's like different ways to teach a song. Obviously, as music teachers, we teach a lot of songs but I think it's important for us to realize that there are a lot of different ways for us to teach a song rather than just you know doing the same way the all the time by alternating the way that we teach songs we're able to reach different students we're able to keep it a little bit more interesting and we're able to use a different method for a song specifically uh, based on the different characteristics that are in that song In today's episode, we're going to be talking about five different ways to teach a song in the elementary music classroom. So I want to give a shout out to the wonderful Bruce Swank, my level two Kodai instructor for kind of starting me in this journey. One of the assignments that we did in our Kodai trainings was basically we're assigned different ways to teach a song and it was kind of like our lab teaching. And it was really interesting being able to and kind of being forced to think of things in a different lens, because up until this point, I had been doing primarily teaching by rote, which is going to be the first one we're talking about, which doesn't mean that it's the only way that I taught things, but it definitely was kind of my go-to way of teaching songs. So let's go ahead and dive right in, starting with teaching by rote. You might hear this as teaching by rote, the whole part whole method, and this is wonderful. This is something I use... Every single day, um, at least once in each lesson, um, especially when I'm teaching a new song, uh, which is teaching by rote. So, where I have, um, you know, I, if let's say I'm doing the, the chant, I climbed up the apple tree. I would do this by breaking it down into smaller chunks and then having the students repeat it. So, I would go, I climbed up the apple tree, and they would respond, I climbed up the apple tree, and so on and so forth. By allowing us to break it into chunks, we're able to really make it kind of work in that working memory. Um, and then you just make those chunks a little bit bigger. So maybe the second time we go, I climbed up the apple tree. All the apples fell on me. And then then, then they repeat it. So we break it, and big it into to bigger, 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 bigger chunks until eventually you have the whole thing. Something I've done recently um, is I like to... To kind of keep some more student engagement, if we have a if we're able to be successful on a um, a smaller chunk, I'll say Johnny, do you think we could make it a bigger chunk? And if Johnny says yes, I'll make it a bigger chunk. If Johnny says no. We'll try it again with the smaller chunk. And then we'll ask another student, Susie, do you think we're able to make it bigger chunks? And we kind of think it's uh, a cool way to bring the students into the lesson a little bit. Um, also, just saying their name is a really good way to <laughs> bring some engagement back and kind of get those, that are, those students that are kind of drifting a little bit and bring them back into what's going on in the class. Um, but then eventually, you're going to have um, that whole part whole. So you're, you're singing the whole song, then you're breaking it down into smaller chunks, having the students repeat, and then eventually, they're able to sing the whole song on their own. Um, this is another way that I, I learned about it in undergrad. Um, we talked about I do we do you do so eventually at the, the end they're doing it without any assistance from you. Like I said, this is definitely um, the the way that I, teach a lot of songs um, because it's really simple, especially for the the, the simpler songs. This can be really, um, really easy to use. What I will say kind of gets a little struggling when you're doing teaching by rote is those songs that have those um, pickups in them, the crucis, those songs that have a little bit longer phrases or a little bit more um Intricate melodic or rhythmic patterns. Sometimes those, uh, the teaching by rote can get a little bit clunky. And one that's one thing that's really, really. it kind of makes it's not a great way to use teaching by rote is when you have multiple phrases that are kind of in a sequence I uh, like circle to the left old brass wagon circle to the left or how it goes up because then if I sing circle to the left old brass wagon I want the students to sing circle to the left old brass wagon but it might they might depending on how um, how many times you sing it with without them learning it they might be able to go circle to the left old brass wagon and then they're going to quote unquote echo circle to the left old brass wagon and they're going to be like all oh, it's going to be off <laughs> so there is certain songs and like i don't even know how to like describe that that much but you'll i i've started to notice that there are definitely songs that teaching by rote is not my preferred way to teach the second way to teach a song or chant is with motions this is especially um helpful with those songs that have um more words in it because it can help kind of create a physical a physical connection um so if i were doing i climbed up the apple tree what I would do is I would actually, as I'm teaching the song or as I'm saying the song, or even honestly, while I'm teaching by rote is I would have some motions and I'm realizing I'm just literally sitting at my desk doing this and you can't see me, <laughs> but like I'm climbing up a tree doing some motions and then on all the apples fell on me, I'm hitting my head because all the apples are falling down. And that that's great because when you're kind of transitioning from the, we do to you do, you're able to remove yourself saying the lyrics or saying the chant or saying the songs, but still do the motions to help the students out in that way and then eventually back that off so they're able to do it without any help from you at all. Motions are great, um, especially when um, you need to add a little bit more movement. Say, oh, my students, we need we need to kind of get things moving along or we you know we need a little added motion, but it can be really cool. Um, and really, really helpful for to just add some motions or to use the motions that are already in a song, uh, that you might not, that it might do, um, to teach the song as well. Because again, you're creating that visual connection. You're creating that physical physical connection, but you're also making that connection to what they're hearing and what they're saying. The third method is one that I use every single day and I didn't even realize I was doing it for the longest time. And that's asking guided questions. I saw this modeled when I was doing my junior methods placement in undergrad and it just became like a part of how I teach and I didn't even realize it had a name. Uh, So if I were to teach a song, I'd be like, "All right, I have a song for you and I want you to listen and see if you can tell me what is the name of the person in my song. And then I would say, every time I think a lot, Oh, water, come on me, I, or whatever. Um, but basically, I'm, I'm giving them something to listen for. And then, so, all right, so, Rent, what is the name of the person in my song? And they are like, oh, it's Liza. I'm like, you're right, it is Liza. All right, this time, I want you to listen. I want to see if you can tell me what happens every time the person hears their name. we're like, so you're asking, you're basically, you're tricking them into allowing you to repeat it multiple times by giving them something to think about. Um, or w- another one I love, especially with repeated words. Um, I was like, how many times do I say this? Like, we're circle to the left. I, um, I, I would say, all right. I want this time. I want you to count. How many times do we say "Old Brass Wagon"? Like, circle to the left, "Old Brass Wagon." Circle to the left, "Old Brass Wagon." And basically, they're counting. Again, you're essentially you're giving them something to do, something to listen for, so that you can give them more exposure to the song. So that when you start having them sing, even if you're combining these, um, but but by having those guided questions, you're allowing them to have more exposure. So that when it is their turn to sing, they're able to have more success because they have it in their ear a little bit more. The fourth way that I love teaching Songs is actually one that I've just started experimenting with. This is one that I learned with my levels training with Reese Wank, Um and it has changed, especially with my upper elementary kids, or those songs that, that they're, they're songs. Oh my goodness, it's so hard to teach you songs, but the game, they wanted to play the game so much, and, th- and that, that's what this one is. It's teaching the song with the game. So basically, I this kind of flipped it the script on me. I always used to be, all right, we have to learn the song so we can play the game. But this one is flip, literally flipping on the script to so say, hey, we're going to play this game as I sing the song it's again it's tricking them into into having that exposure they're hearing the song they're hearing me sing it but they're getting immediately engaged in how awesome the game is i just used this this past week um with a song youtube that is one of my favorite songs uh but it's kind of hard to um to teach, uh, it's a little bit clunky for rote, especially with like the uneven phrases. But by going right in with the game, especially with my older kids, since we haven't been able to sing for a while, and kind of tricking them into, hey, look how cool this game is, so that we can we can sing. Um, by teaching them with the game, it's and basically having them experience the game before they really are asked to sing, it allows them to let their guard down a little bit. Um, it allows them to have the song repeated to them multiple times while they're still engaged, and then when it's their turn to sing you know we do the again the I do we do you do when when it's finally their turn to sing with us they're like all right I know that if I have to, if I want to keep playing this game I have to sing this song I've heard it enough we can keep doing this and there it's been I it changed completely how I teach YouTube Thomas specifically because that was one that I always struggled teaching but I knew that once I got through it the kids would absolutely love it and then the final way that I love teaching songs is my absolute favorite, but it takes a little bit of work. And that's using a story to tell and to teach a song or a chant. This is a wonderful way to weave different parts of your lesson together. It's also a way to get the intrigue, get that connection, get that engagement for your students. Um, one that I that comes to mind immediately is, uh, my first school that I teach at at the in the morning is right across the street from an orchard. So whenever I go to my other school um, and I teach, um, I climbed up the apple tree. I say, oh my goodness, today on the way over here to school, I decided, or I saw the orchard across the street and I was kind of hungry because I forgot my lunch at, at, at home and I was a little bit hungry. So I walked over to the orchard and I went over to the, the apple tree and then I climbed up the apple tree. And then when I got to the top of the apple tree, you are not going to believe what happened. The apples started falling and hitting me on the head and they saw the apple, the apple apples fell on me and oh my goodness I was a little bit a little bit grumpy after all that happened but when all the apples fell on me there were a bunch of apples that had just fallen on the ground so I picked a couple off I washed them off a little bit on my shirt I put them in a basket and then as soon as I got home I made apple pudding apple pie and then I looked in the mirror And I forgot that I didn't go to school. So I had to make up up an excuse. So I looked at myself and I go, did you ever tell a lie? Or something silly like that, right? I'm still saying the chant. I'm still breaking it into chunks. But I'm bringing it in a way that allows the students to kind of come along in this journey with me, the, the art of storytelling. Um, that story was a little off the walls. Um, I kind of got away from me there towards the end. But I mean, you get the point. It, it's, it's one of those things where you, you kind of think it through and how can I weave this together? And what's great about with the story is that those, I know we, I've talked previously about transitions, uh, but using stories as transitions and into songs and to keeping everything com- seamlessly melded together, um, that is another wonderful way to keep students engaged. So, this is by no means an exhaustive list of the different ways that you can teach a song or a chant, but I want you to think about what the one the five ways that I showed and that I shared today and see if you can think of some more. Or think of ways that you can use these that are gonna be most most successful for you in your classroom. Because there are some of these that I use more often on specific songs than others. Like like I said, with Yatuparam, teaching it by rote does not work for me in my situation. But by teaching it with a game, it's allowing me and my students to still have the same access to that song. It goes quicker, it's not pulling teeth, and we're able to get into the music making a lot quicker. So I hope that you have enjoyed um, hearing a little bit about the different ways that I teach songs um, if you have different ways that you teach a song or a chant I would love for you to reach out um, either on Instagram or email uh, and let me know because I'm always looking for ways to add in more methods of teaching a song or especially um, you know having this kids understand the song uh, into my little tool belt of tricks. If you found this episode helpful at all I would really appreciate you leaving a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Not only does this help me understand what you find most helpful, it also helps more music educators just like you find the podcast. To check out the show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned, head on over to thatmusicteacher.com slash show notes.